Hey, welcome everybody. It's time for another episode of Closing the Wealth Gap. Because, well, you know, the rich are getting richer and the rest of us. So how do you close that wealth gap? How do you become part of the haves and not the have-nots? Well, let's talk to the man who has helped millions with this question. Tyrone French. How you doing, Tyrone? Paul, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, buddy? I'm always feeling good. I'm always looking forward to this show because you get me thinking. You get me thinking about, you don't just tell me what to do. You get me thinking about what I should do and what I'm not doing here. Well, I like I like the dialogue that we have because you pretty much represent the entire the audience. I'm the everyman out there. And, I'm, and I'm the guy ask that... Me, you'll, <laughs> you'll ask me questions that a lot of times the audience won't ask as far as you know the emails and the letters that I get. Right. You're very specific as far as playing that devil's advocate. So I need you. I need your energy on this show. It's very much appreciated. Well, I appreciate you letting me come in because you do let us ask the questions that are on all of our minds, but we feel too dumb to ask. And another shout out to uh, OC Talk Radio. I mean, without this platform, a lot of people wouldn't have a voice. So That's, again, thank you. And uh, thank from you. our new studio here at UC Irvine's Applied Innovation Center, we're kind of uh, shut down mostly here these days, but uh, spectacular new space. Hope you'll come down and check it out here, right on the campus well, of UC Irvine. It's just like everything else, though. You're you're adapting. Like you're in, you're in your studio, yeah. uh, in Irvine. I'm in my studio in Long Beach, California. And, you know, we're still making it happen. We're still making it happen. Well, what do you want to talk about today? Well, you know, this this show is closing the wealth gap. And, you know, staying on that theme, um, you know, we're in this COVID-19 thing, and it's, it's devastating families. Yeah. Um, do you think it's hitting just, everybody evenly? Or, or I, I see many of the wealthy, ah, who cares, just blowing it off like it's no big deal. They're annoyed, actually. And, the, and, and the average worker like here in Orange County in Santa Ana or whatever, the, the people who are the work, manning the shelves and working at the stores, they're getting hit the hardest, not only because they're getting sick because they got to keep working, but they're more packed together and they're probably less adapted to change. Think about this. You know, you'll, you know the, the mayor will come on TV, uh, the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, mm-hmm. the governor of California will come on television and they'll say, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to add these restrictions. Mm-hmm. And we want you to stay home, stay at sure. home, right? But what they're not offering is the assistance for a lot of these people to stay at home. If I stay at home, how do I pay my rent? Yeah, how right. do I pay my car payment? Right? How do I how do I provide food for my family? So yeah, I understand. There's a pandemic out there. There's it, it's. You know, it's devastating. I, I believe that, you know, wear a mask. You know, I, I believe in that, that wear the mask. Uh, you know, if you can, uh, you know, isolate yourself. Don't be don't be in crowds and things like that. Like, you know, we just had a Thanksgiving. It was my wife, uh, my daughter and I, and we had a beautiful Thanksgiving. There you go. Uh, my mother, who's uh, in her late 70s, you know, the family didn't go over there and have this big, Thanksgiving celebration because you didn't want to make her see her for next Thanksgiving. Exactly. You don't want to make her sick and she didn't want to get sick. Absolutely. But it, it we have this income disparity. We do. We do. That is something that we, we gotta, we gotta touch on this subject <laughs> as far as, you know, like I said, this, this show is closing the wealth gap, but there is a racial 
component to this as well. We, you know, we got to start focusing on closing the ratio wealth gap. Well, look what's happened this summer. We're taping this in the uh, December of nineteen of 2020. So anybody who has even a, a brief understanding of what's happened this summer, we've seen, again, racial tensions erupt in this country. And I keep thinking, as an old white guy here who's been through the 60s and the 70s and everything, who lived through the race riots in the 60s, who lived through the uh, race riots in L.A. after Rodney King in the 90s, a lot of talk, a lot of effort. We're going to fix this problem. Enough of this nonsense already. We're going to everybody's going to have the same equal chance, equal opportunity, and make with it what you will. And then I'm sorry, I go on my daily life. I guess I'm the privileged few who think, okay, we we handled that one, until the next crisis comes along, and all of a sudden, what? You mean there's still a pay gap between men and women? You mean there's still a huge gap between people of color and and old white guys like me here? If you read if if you read a lot of the newspapers and peri- periodicals from the 1960s, you know you'd, you'd swear you'd be reading the same thing as yeah. far as in 2020. We've been here before. Why <laughs> we, do we keep and, and and then nothing happens. A lot of talk, a lot of commissions, a lot of good intentions. Really, I think people uh, sincerely, as a country, we we say enough of this nonsense, and then we move on, and nothing much changes. You know, without. The real power in this in this country is economic. Yeah, it, right. it's economic mm-hmm. empowerment. And there's a survey. There's a survey that the Federal Reserve puts out every single year. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the 2019 Survey of uh, Consumer Finances. Right at the Federal Reserve website, this is not hidden information. This is something that is public, that every consumer. And I highly recommend you go into the Federal Reserve website federalreserve.gov there's a section called it's fed notes and so when they produce these surveys there's certain writers that come out and what they do is they pull the meat out of those surveys because a lot of people you know those surveys are pretty long oh yeah and and pretty hard to read it's all pretty hard to read so what they do is they have these things called fed notes and so just september 28 2020 i'm just going to read this out it said disparities in wealth and race by ethnicity in 2019 based on this survey of consumer finances and what they found is something that again this information this knowledge is hidden in plain sight yeah the the gist of the article is that the reason you have these income inequalities and these huge gaps is because white people tend to pass down wealth from generation to generation Mm -hmm. blacks latinos and others They don't do that. Hmm. And so you have this cause and effect relationship. And there's two words in this survey that just, they just, they stick out like a sore thumb. One word is inheritance. And the other word is gift. Inheritance and gift. Inheritance and gift. Okay. And what that means is, what they're saying is that, let's say first generation, they bought property. They bought a house. Mm -hmm. And they ended up buying a couple of properties for retirement or whatever. Mm-hmm. When they get older and they pass away, they tend to pass that property down to their kids. Mm-hmm. My, my their dad left me his fully paid house, and now it's a rental property for me. Rental property for you, and the only thing that you're that you're 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 up the maintenance and the property taxes. Exactly, and the insurance, maintenance, and the property. insurance. Right. Um, so basically, when you look at 
a lot of minorities communities, a lot of minorities communities, they, they pretty much start at zero going towards the next generation. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a case in point. Again, we, we got this order where a lot of people need to, you know, stay at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are losing that they, they can't pay the rent and there's certain safeguards in place so that people won't be evicted. Right. But a lot of these, these safeguards are, are starting to expire. Yeah, I think the end of and the year. And it doesn't, and it does, yeah. Paul, it doesn't mean that they're not obligated to pay that rent. Exactly. They just can't kick you out right now. So if you were struggling to pay one month's rent, and now you have to come up with three, four, five Oof. months rent. Wow. wow. That's going to be a huge problem. Right. A huge problem. Particularly if you don't have the reserves to draw upon. Not everybody. What is? I don't know what the statistic is, but it's always shocking. It's like seventy or eighty percent of Americans can't make it a couple weeks without a paycheck. Exactly, exactly. Meaning that they only have, based on an emergency reserve, they only got about five hundred dollars or four hundred dollars set aside just for an emergency. Right. Yeah. And and life is filled with emergencies. You break your leg. uh, Something happens. You lose your job. uh, A hurricane hits. uh, Something horrible happens. And you have to survive for a while without a paycheck. COVID has has made that plainly clear. Now, we've become creative on how we can work from home, how we can telecommute, how we can uh, uh, do other things. Restaurants are trying to serve outdoors in the parking lot and do more deliveries. So we're very creative when it comes to doing this. But the bottom line is you got to have some reserves in your life and so many people that you're talking to and about simply don't. And, and, and think about this, Paul. Let's say again, you know, now you're stressed out about paying your rent that you don't have. Uh, your hours were cut, were cut at your job. Right. Or even if, you, if you, even if you still have a job. Right, yeah. Uh, imagine now that you can't pay your registration for your car. Oof. Or your Imagine, uh, yeah. let's say you manage to pay the car note, but you can't afford the registration or you can't afford the insurance. Right. And now you get pulled over because your, your, your registration is not up to date or you're in, in California, it's mandatory to have insurance. You can't afford to pay that, make that insurance payment. Let's say when the beginning of this COVID thing hit in March, uh, the, a lot of insurance companies were, were very lenient as far as making those payments. You know, oh, well, you know, we're going to we're going to defer this one, the first one. We're going to defer this. Right. One. But then that leniency went went out the window because they got bills to pay. They got credit. They have bills to pay. Right. So now what they're saying is that, OK, you missed a couple of payments. So now what we want you to kind of do is add more money to that monthly payment. So if you were used to paying, let's say you, you were used to paying like maybe $100 a month for insurance, for your car insurance. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, because you deferred a few payments, now that payment went up to $150 a month, $175 a month. And explain this to me. I've never understood this. Okay. So I, I went through this myself. I had a crisis in my life back in the Great Recession. My business uh, went under. I had a, uh, wasn't in radio at the time. I was in, I had a PR firm and all my clients dried up and went away. And suddenly I shut down the business and went home and suddenly I didn't have enough money saved. Suddenly I'm gonna gonna lose my house and I'm not making my payments on my house and bad things are happening. And I had built up way too much credit card debt during the good times, something foolishly, I only did that one time in my life. And so now I got a double problem. I got the normal bills, no income to pay the normal bills, 
and I got all these extra bills. Now, when I was making the money, I could sustain the debt. But the minute I lost some of that money or all of that money, that income, I couldn't sustain the debt that I built. I couldn't even tell you what I bought. But the $10,000 went to $20,000 on the credit cards pretty fast because I wasn't paying the interest. Right. And here's my question. So instead of saying to me, I see you're struggling, Mr. Roberts, why don't we work something out? They said, Mr. Roberts, you're late in your payments. That good credit that you had where we only gave you, I don't know, 8%, 10% on the credit card, it's now doubled. Your interest is now 20% on the debt. I said, you're like a loan shark. I said, if I couldn't pay you 10%, how the hell do you think I'm going to pay you 20%? Exactly, exactly. And it turned into a multiplication. And do you know that debt, I think I, I, think I had ten dollars or $20,000 on credit card. After a year or two, this sounds hard to believe, not just because I borrowed some more money. It got up to like $50,000. Yes, yes. yes. And, and it, it was snowballing. And I thought to myself, when things go bad, everything goes bad. When I was in good standing, when I had good credit yes. and paid my bills on time, they made it easy to borrow and cheap to borrow. Yes. The minute I had trouble, they still lent me more money. Oh, you need some more? Have some but they doubled, tripled the rates that they were charging me. It was like a loan shark, and I got so far behind, I could. I told them, I said, I can never pay this off, ever. Right. And right. we ended up going to court and settling it, and they yes. were all pissed off at me that I settled it for 10 or 20 cents on the dollar here. And and I said, what choice did I have? You, you Rather than work with you, you almost guaranteed, if I couldn't pay here by increasing my cost of that debt that I've already accumulated, you made it impossible for me to pay you back. And you know what? Again, that's part of the system. I mean, in the beginning, they call it credit. They don't call it bondage because nobody would borrow the money. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so they, they call it credit. <laughs> and then when you fall behind, it becomes debt. Yeah. And when you get to the point where you cannot afford to make those payments, it becomes bondage. Yeah. And then here comes the, the debt collectors. And here comes the, uh, the, the, the lawsuit. Yeah. And the process servers, oh, and the ugly people that follow afterwards, when the bank writes it off and sells it to somebody else for 50 cents on the dollar, that next guy who owns it, boy, they come after you like tooth and nail. They they threaten you. They they file lawsuits. They go. That's what they do. They scare the hell out of you to collect that money. And I thought, you don't. You, you want me now to pay you fifty thousand dollars? Original debt was ten, and you want me to pay you fifty thousand? You paid five for the debt. The debt was really ten. You paid five for it, but all this interest and penalties and charges is built up, and now it's you. You think I'm supposed to feel bad that I owe you fifty thousand? I don't owe you fifty thousand dollars. And hey, hey, and here's here's the coup de grace. When all that's said and done, that money that you borrowed that you never paid back, right? That 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 original creditor creditor wrote off, right? Now here comes the IRS because that was income. <laughs> yeah, right. Another whammy. Oh, yeah. Thank you because they wrote it off. Thank you. Now you got an extra $40,000 this year. Where? I don't have it. Oh, well, because right. they forgave the debt. This it, And I said it was all funny money. I borrowed $10,000 and suddenly I owe $50,000. Why? So it goes back, you know, it goes back to having that reserve. Remember, um, there was a story in the Bible uh, about Joseph. Okay. And Joseph could interpret dreams. Yes, right. And Joseph, you know, got thrown in prison. He, uh, you know, I'm not going to get to the whole story, but right. you know, somebody lied on him. He ended up in prison. 
first of all, his brothers left him for dead. Um, then he became a slave. Then he ended up finding himself in, in a prison in Egypt. So he was just having a bad time. He was having a bad day. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. So just so happens the person that he was in jail with in prison with, uh, had an audience with the king and, you know, come to find out, hey, I know this person, the, uh, the, the king had a dream, couldn't interpret the dream. Mm. Uh, all of his, the wise people around him couldn't interpret the dream. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, there's a guy in your, in your jail, in your cell yeah. that can interpret this dream for you. Well, they summoned Joseph and Joseph listens to the dream. And because he's a man of God, he was able to interpret the dream, letting him know that, hey, look, uh, the fat calves are when there's time of plenty. Yeah. But the, but there's going to be a time when those lean calves are going to try to eat the fat ones because that's going to be a drought. Right. So you're going to have seven years of plenty and then you're going to have seven years of drought. And what Egypt did was they started loading up on grain because mm -hmm. they had they was forced foretold to them that a drought was coming. Mm -hmm. If um, if more Americans would look at our business cycle and understand that it's a feast and famine cycle. Yeah that in times of feasting, that's when you're supposed to pull your reserves in. And in times of the drought, that's when you begin to use those reserves to get through that period. Seems so, so simple that people so, knew it long ago. And, and, and again, these are just stories that are in the Bible that people think have these religious undertones. No, these are principles saying, hey, look, in, in times in good times, store up because the bad times are coming. Yeah, they're coming. But and so, so we don't, and, good times Egypt we blow it and spend it, and the bad times we ain't got it. Yeah, and so the, the moral of the story is that Egypt became one of the richest nations uh, in that area because everybody from around uh, needed food. Yeah. And they were trading everything that they could, gold, property, cattle, just to get those goods. And it, the moral of the story is that David ended up being the number one, uh, the, the number two person uh, in, in, G, in Egypt. And, you know, his family, the ones that left him for dead, ended up having to come to him for grain. Well, we're coming out at the end of our first episode here. We've teased what we're going to talk about in the second one. The fact of the matter is not just that all of us have an obligation to save during the good times and be prepared for the famine that may come ahead, the COVID, the unexpected crisis that we need to call upon our reserves, something we don't. But because we don't have those reserves, we don't pass them on to anybody else. And the next generation starts in a hole or at zero. So in the next segment, what we're going to do is we're going to address how to solve these problems. What we did was we identified a problem in the first section, right? In the first segment, this next episode, we're going to be very specific as to how to solve these problems, how to get through this, uh, this, this, this pandemic, this, this, and for particularly for the communities that we're, in, that we're facing right now, particularly for the communities of color, the people that just can't seem to ever get out of that hole, whether it's a systematic uh, uh, injustice that keeps them in bondage or where they can't participate, or whether it's lack of understanding of how the world works, we're gonna we're gonna try and talk about that, right? Well, again, the report spelled out two, and I, I want people to remember, remember, you know, remember these two words, inheritance and gift mm -hmm. or gifting. Okay. Well, we'll pick that up when we bring it back. Thanks for uh, teaching us again. You've, you've laid out the problem. Let's see if we can identify some solutions as we try and close the wealth gap right here. <laughs> 
on Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Dot net.